Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Nigel Nigelston coming to you from beyond the graveyard near my home. We would like to, on behalf of Footy Prime, wish our boy Danny Delicious Dickio all the best with his Sacramento Republic FC take on the El Paso Locomotive. We would also like to wish El Paso Locomotive the absolute worst of luck. May you rot like the dogs you are. Another sherry, and we miss you, Big Deech. Big Deech, and you know what, listener, we thought we had him. We really believe we had him on the show tonight. You know, up until 20 minutes from recording, we had it all planned that Deech was going to return to Footy Prime, the podcast, only at the last minute to be let down once again, because he's at the training ground. Where have we heard that before? You know, Deech can, can move from Toronto to Sacramento, and he's still a bitch to his bosses and refuses to live his life. Oh, Danny, Danny Dickio. I'm James Sharman, Dan Wong's here, Brendan Dunlop's here, and Craig Forrest is here. JC and Nigel, thank you very much indeed. Um, are you as disappointed, Craig, as I am, that we have no Deech today? Uh, he's Snuffleupagus. He finally reached out to us, though. I know, he, he doesn't exist. exist. He doesn't exist. You don't think so? You think he's gone? Like he's just disappeared yeah. into the ether? I was thinking mm-hmm. that. And because his reply was so quick when you asked him to come on tonight, he said, yeah, of course. I thought, mm, this doesn't sound right. And then he bailed on us because he's sitting courtside at the Sacramento Kings game, <laughs> which is three hours after we record, by the way. So he could have done both. Now, um, is Sacramento Republic, are they like like top top two, top three teams in California? Is that why he gets like courtside seats? Holy crap, it's the new assistant coach of Sacramento Republic. Wow, sitting right beside Tom Cruise. Is that what it is? I don't think... Have you ever been to Sacramento? I can guarantee you Tom Cruise is not going to Kings games. Oh, really? Give us a... B, what's Sacramento like? Sacramento's like the Buffalo or like the Windsor of California. So imagine if like Windsor was the capital, but Toronto's the hub and Ottawa's the nation's capital. You mean shithole? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In fact, it probably not... I'm, I'm probably doing Windsor a disservice. It's probably more like Sarnia. Ooh, really? So, so I should stop begging Dickio for a job. I mean, knowing you though, you you would live forty-two miles outside of Sacramento and some luxurious. <laughs> you know what the problem he, is? He drive right. in for Pickering. The problem is, Brendan. <laughs> you know more about Sacramento than Deech did. He thought he was going to like Palm Springs. <laughs> he thought he was going to San Diego. <laughs> Wasn't that the joke on the last show? He thought it was going to San Diego. That's funny. I bet he did, eh? He showed up and was like, where's Mexico and Landon Donovan? Where's, where's, the, uh, where's the ocean? I brought me flip-flops. Well, he showed up in Toronto thinking it was natural grass. I think when Arnold <laughs> was the governor. Well, regardless, we'll get Deach on real soon, and uh, we'll, we'll get him to, to break down our new favorite team, Sacramento Republic, because we're going to be following them. Maybe he hasn't week. found Sacramento yet. He's still in San Diego. How, how how far away is it from from LA? What a long way! No like how far is long though? I mean, it's the states could be. Is it three thousand miles? Is it thirty? Well, you're miles? not what going there for uh, you know for for groceries. Let's put it that way. 
Oh yeah, it's a good drive. Yeah. All right. Who'd have thought Next that out. Sacramento, California, we get so much exposure on Fully Prime the podcast? No idea. It's a six-hour drive. Six hours. Is it six hours? Right? Oh yeah, I just looked it up. Well, B did faster than I did because I'm old. Mm. He did like he probably years. bought a place in LA. Yeah, he probably did. Oh, just do the do the week commute. I think when Arnold was the governor, I don't think he lived there. I think he just like flew in there Monday lunchtime and then back Thursday night to LA. I think Michael Owen used to um, take a helicopter to to Melwood training when he oh. lived in Cheshire and uh, played at Liverpool. So maybe he's just doing that, taking a chopper. Although I wouldn't recommend that in LA. He's got some bad form. He's not in LA. He's in Sacramento. No, no, but he's taking a chopper from LA. I got you. Remember that conversation about it being so far away? I was making a Kobe joke. Oh, I, I'm well aware. It still oh, feels horrible, too soon. horrible joke. Too, too, too soon. Too well, soon. what do they say? Time plus uh, time plus tragedy equals equals comedy. You you still got to wait a couple months. I don't agree <laughs> with that. No time like the present. Did you actually? I read um, just a couple of weeks ago. Remember the uh, who who was what team was it when the the French player was taking the plane over to England on transfer deadline day? And and it crashed. Yeah, it was Leicester player. It was, was it, was it Leicester? It was Leicester, wasn't it? Yeah, Salah, Salah, yeah. or something. Yeah. His name was. And that court case just—I believe it just came to its to its end. And the owner of the plane, I believe, was char- was charged, and there was a—I'm not sure it was a fine or, or what it was. And I forgot all about that one. Remember how tragic that was? So, one a transfer deadline day. Um, we'll take B's uh, word for it. It was, it was Leicester. And they, they made a last-second signing, pretty expensive, I think 12 or 13 million pounds, which for Leicester at the time was quite a lot of money. And he jumped in a Cessna to fly from, from France to England over the channel. Not his went choice. Hmm? wasn't his choice either. Like it was, He was a bit worried about getting on that plane. Yeah. Horrible. Just horrible. So I'm not making a joke about that, okay? All right, thank you. Yeah. It wasn't Leicester. I got it wrong. It was Cardiff City. Cardiff City. Thank you. That's Cardiff. why I didn't think. Yeah. Leicester, there was a helicopter. You're thinking of the, the helicopter crash that killed I mean, the owner. I, I guess uh, that's why I'd confuse it. But yes, two helicopter crashes for one club in, in a short span. That would be super tragic. But Well, no, yeah. but it's a Cessna. No, it was a plane. Single engine plane. Well, it's aircraft death. <laughs> it's all tragic, isn't it? I'm still thinking of Cardiff as a, you know, the blue shirts. Remember how tragic that was when they went to uh, they went to red? Crazy. One of the craziest sporting decisions ever made from a marketing perspective. Again, Wonga. I love love this when we get to educate Wonga. So so Cardiff City, renowned as being a team that wore what color be? Blue. Blue. Switched it up. To? To red. red. Mm-hmm. Because it was a bigger sell in Asia, and they had new Chinese owner and new uh, Asian owner, excuse me, and, and Asian investors, and so they switched it. Except they are the Cardiff Bluebirds, and on the crest is a blue bird, and so switching to red did not go over well with the fan base. And uh, that was two years, I think, and one Premier League appearance, and then they were out. Secret Asian man, secret Asian man, <laughs> make you change your shirt's color. Secret Asian man. Well, red is definitely a, a winning, it's a it winning color. It's it a, really a is. Winning color. Is it the most winning color? It has to be, right? I would think certainly in English football it is. Clearly. It wasn't in CONCACAF for the last 30 years. <laughs> That's true. Not international so much. No. Yeah. What's your favorite kit to wear, Craig? You, West Ham's always had beautiful kits. I've always loved the claret and blue. Always. Must have felt good putting that on. Yeah, well, I didn't know you were wearing you were a goalkeeper. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, I got a jer- jersey. This, these were bad. They were they were just a little bit a uh, little bit flimsy. And are these game one? Oh yeah, of course they are. Oh, the Doc Martens West Ham. That's nice. That is the, the green fila. There's a lot of uh, Getty images of you in that shirt, Craig. You had your hair was great. Thanks. Hey, hey, Craig, did you exchange many shirts? I mean, goalkeepers don't do quite as much, right? Or, or do they? Not league play. They don't uh, – the, the kick guys would not encourage it. They wouldn't well, give you – Back then, jerseys were, like, very expensive, too. 
they didn't have really have any knockoffs, did they? Well, the manufacturers, I mean, they could easily just, you know, throw a jersey a game, right? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. But when did that switch, though? Not long after yeah. you left. It was like mid, mid-2000s mid where they started swapping. Like, Julian de Guzman's got a, got a bag. He's got a room full of sw- jersey swaps at club level when he was at Deportivo. Yeah, but outplayers did it more, yeah. though. Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, so it's so specific to the goalkeeper kit. They were like, "Listen, Forrest, we're not buying you 38 match week kits so that you can swap with some child backup goalkeeper or the other guy." <laughs> well, I don't know what the reasons were. They had so many. I mean, they might might have had ten or so, but they they never really thought about the advantages of that money spent on a jersey for Christ's sake. When you think about it, I saw a Declan Rice after the game at uh, at home, runs over to this young girl, gives her his jersey, makes her absolute life. It's a great shot. It's promos West Ham in a positive way worth way more than the shirt he gave away, you know? And it also gives me, you know, for that, you've got a fan for life as well. That club's got a fan for life. Or, or Declan Rice does. So when he goes to United this summer, she's now a United fan, which is quite possible as well. <laughs> That's, it is. She'll be, well, yeah, she'll be in tears, <laughs> breaking her heart. So did you get to choose what, what shirt you wore, Craig, as a goalkeeper, or were you given a choice? Well, no, obviously not really. clash with them. No, not the style either. Really? So you had no choice at all? No. Like, these are your goalkeeper shirts. You wear them. Yep. Was it still green? Was was green still the main color back in those days? Uh, well, well, look at my Chelsea ones a little bit. Where's my Chelsea one? You know, your Chelsea one looks Jorge Campos inspired. Your Chelsea one looks very. This nice. one couldn't be brighter, really. What am I hooked up on? I look at that. Whoa! So the, the score, wow, it's like um, a, an orange paint can's been thrown at a white canvas. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't do it justice how bright that is really on the camera there. It was originally a tiger print, uh, his Coors Chelsea kit. Yeah, there's also photos online of you wearing that shirt. Look at my number. 31. Like a hockey goalie. (laughs) I didn't even realize Who was number one? Was um, was it Ed DeHoy when you were there? No, it was uh, Kareen, the Russian international. Oh, K-I-R-I-N, right? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, Dimitri. Dimitri Kareen. Great guy. He'd be taking a hammering right now, though, wouldn't he? I'd be in the first team, wouldn't I? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then well, and then there was Frodo Grotus, who was a Norwegian international. So he, you know, another good he was a good guy too. So what happened was Kareen got injured. So when I went on loan to Chelsea, I was basically going to cover Froda. So right, okay. very first game actually the first training session i was in we played a five aside forever we didn't do any shadow nothing it Hullet just basically wanted to play but there's a you know, zola viali Hullet. um who's a, the coach at the time his assistant the english international he was you know the buff like it just went on and on it was like the best five aside ever and i was on fire on fire I couldn't have played better. And then, anyway, so we end up in Newcastle, and then half half an hour in, we're 3-1 down. Shear's got a couple, I think. And Froda throws in the old uh, uh, hamstring. So I'm like, oh, well, if there's ever a time to go on as a sub is like when you're 3-0 down, right? So I thought, this is cool. Just running on, and Chelsea fans were in the top corner of St. James. I'm like giving them a clap. Hey, this is awesome. <laughs> And so anyway, we ended up losing 3-1 final, whatever. So didn't give up any more goals and play the extra couple of games. But yeah, that was kind of how it all, all worked out, how I got in the, into the team. Do you remember how the, the loan was, was asked of you at, at um, well, was it was because um, Mick McGiven was uh, John Lyle's assistant at Ipswich and West Ham back in the day. So when John Law was at Ipswich, then got sacked, Mick McGibbon was the manager for a little bit. Um, and then he got hoofed, and then he went to work with Chelsea. 
So he was like, we, we need another goalkeeper and, um, I've got the guy. So he came and asked if I was willing to come. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. That was a short conversation of it. One of the best months of my life. He's like uh bugs buddy running. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. It was coming to the end of the season. I love the, yeah. And you should have been playing in the FA Cup final. Oh, that's, screwed another you over. that's another story. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. But it's fun. Still exciting time though. Jesus. I mean, that was an exciting time at Chelsea. I mean, obviously it's before Roman, but that was like the, the European invasion, wasn't it? Them and Arsenal where they're just getting all these stars from overseas. Viali, Zola. You mentioned Le Boff. Um, who else was there? Was Deschamps there at that point? Uh, no. Who is it? And then we had Dima. Uh, who was a um, Romanian international? Dimitrescu? Dan Petrescu. Dan Petrescu, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was a good team, wasn't it? I think they won the Cup Winners' Cup, didn't they? Yeah, Steve Clark, Scottish coach now. I guess he was left back. Jody, really? Moore, Jody Morris, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes, wow. Who was the uh, Romanian uh, guy at Chelsea with the drug problem? Mucci Adrian Mutu. Adrian yeah. Mutu. That was later, right? That's that was awesome. still Roman, but that was, yeah. You know, interesting though, when they clubs in this, what they call a drug problem, he was not playing. He was making a ton of money. They, they had enough of Mutu. And then all of a sudden they caught him on a, on a cocaine positive test. We stand against drugs. You're fired. Then you got Rio Ferdinand up at Manchester United who misses a drug test on purpose. Because of whatever. And, oh, no, we're going to work with Rio. We're going to make sure he gets rehabilitated, you know, because he's worth $150 million in Benny. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Craig, Craig, Rio was at the Stratford Center shopping. He just forgot, okay? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Well, then, then who is it? Uh, another one who really blew it. It's the Australian keeper. He was also... Bosnich. Bosnich. Another guy. Mm-hmm. He was like four string at Chelsea making whatever, 30,000 pounds a week, doing nothing. And they get him on doing lines of coke. What an idiot. I guess though, if you're a backup goalkeeper, it's pretty boring, right? So, I mean, you may as well do blow. <laughs> to blow that money? Yeah, somehow. but you're not going to be able to afford the blow because they're going to fire <laughs> your ass. Yeah, true enough. Well, what an idiot. The drug culture inside the... English Premier League. That could be a podcast all by itself. Oh, giving it? a reason or a book. You. Or a book. Could be a book, eh? If only well, we knew any writers. I knew I know an author. Get the inside track, B. I thought you were gonna name one of our friends, uh Josh Cloak or Dan Robson. Any of those well, writers. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm sure they're all busy writing books and just writing in general. Because <laughs> they yeah, they have jobs, unlike like right. us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you should get on that, B. Just to start writing about drugs and maybe just a, maybe a um, an, a a fictional account of the 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 CD drug underbelly of the Premier League. The, I, when I was a kid, remember? Uh, I mean, I think every generation's had like some type of teen teen you know book series. There was a series of books that were written about like the WHL, the Western Hockey League, but it was fictional. But it was geared towards teens, and some of the stories that they had in these books were crazy. And there was there was dozens of these, and uh, I'd love to go back and well see what they were. I'm sure they're horrendous, but just to see what they were, how popular they were at the time. I remember though, as a kid, like being really interested in how someone would make up up these fictional stories about clearly a league that had a lot of real stories. That I felt like they were just censoring everything. Yeah, instead of instead of you know it being cocaine, it was like oh yeah, we were having. Uh, Coca-Cola in our bowls of cereal in Russia. Really, it was cocaine. Think those books out. They sound really interesting. Sorted. <laughs> They're next to the uh, Nancy Drew one, so you'll just you can't find them. He doesn't know who Nancy Drew is. There's no way B knows who Nancy Drew is. Of course I do. She had a Come TV on. show. He's a cultured man. Thank you very much, Greg. Yeah, after 1997. No, Nancy Drew had a TV show on Global, like in the 90s, I think. Oh, Jesus. See, the TV show. Great series of books. Nancy, I used to love those, those books. My grandparents had like, I can smell them now. They had a box of these old books that go to their house and I pull them out, you know, and Nancy Drew and 
and you know, I can smell them the hawk on yeah. So I read like a chapter, like, you know, over the weekend, because I wasn't a very good reader. And I love them. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, they're you- fantastic. My daughter loved them. I absolutely loved them. Has your reading improved, Charms? You, you weren't a very good reader back then. You, you, you sat beside me when I read the prompter. So no, no, it hasn't. <laughs> Not at all. I just thought that was your vision that you were denying you needed glasses for the longest time because you didn't want to look as cool as Craig or I. Actually, all four of us with the glasses tonight. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you, you know uh, who cannot read the room very well? Paris Saint-Germain. Putin? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. That would be the, the obvious answer. PSG. Entering that game, you know, will they choke? Ah, we'll be just fine. We've got Messi in. We've got Neymar. We've got Mbappe. And man, boy, did Mbappe look good in that first half, didn't he? And then they do it again. They do it again. They blow it. Real Madrid 3, PSG 1. Kareem Benzema, 36 years of age. Oh, is he 36? He's old as hell anyway. He's the oldest, oldest player to get a hat-trick in the Champions League. I know that much. He's 34. He's a year younger than is me. Is he 34? 87. I mean, he was masterful, but... PSG B. I mean, again? It's a shocker, honestly. Um, someone tweeted that they're like the Leafs, all talent and no cup. Um, I mean, to look at what they've, <laughs> to look at their struggles, right? From how they got to that final, the pandemic final, they lost to Fonzie, thank God. Then they lost in the semifinals last year, it was. But quarterfinal, 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 round of 16, round of 16, round of 16 exit. That goes back to 2012, I've gone through in chronological order. Like, this is the holy grail, and they just cannot get there. The most expensively assembled round of 16 exit ever. Um, you know, it was always going to be tough against Real Madrid, but I think everyone thought they had the edge, and everyone thought that it didn't matter who they came up against in the in the knockout stages, that they were the team to beat, them and Man City. We pencil them into the final. And again, with PSG, it's not the case. The curse. They got the curse. curse. Man City's got the curse. Let's hope so. What else? Your money on Real Madrid. I never thought I'd be cheering for. I'm not a massive Real Madrid fan. I, I mean, I love the, I mean, the size and the what they built there. But I'm not necessarily. A, I'm not a Real Madrid fan as such. But I was cheering for them. Benzema is unbelievable. He, he, I mean, those goals are just just superb. I mean, oh. I know Donnarumma had a terrible mistake. Yeah. But but regardless, I mean, the, he he seems to be getting better with age, doesn't he, Benzema? I don't know he if really, that's possible his age, but I mean, he's, he's as good as anyone right now. He's as good as, as Lewandowski, probably. He's very close anyway, as far as an out-and-out center forward. That first season that um, Ronaldo left, and you realize that, you know, how much they relied on Ronaldo to take over and win games, and they didn't, you know, have anyone of that ilk. And Benzema's not in that class, but he's class below. And I think he's realized that, oh, this is just how this team works. One hero is going to save the day. Okay, well, that'll be me. Yeah, and today was well, a perfect example of that. Modric was pretty freaking good too. Eh? His passes is whew, he's, he's thirty six. Exactly. Yeah, was, yeah. How about that run through midfield and that ball he cut open three players with? Is does anyone look less like talent. a footballer than than Luka Modric, but is actually a brilliant footballer? Yeah, you know he, what I mean, because yeah. if you saw him in a lineup with footballers and pick the guy that's not a footballer, right? It would be him. He likes it more like the, uh, the lead guitarist for uh, uh, ACDC. <laughs> yeah, he does a little bit. Ang- uh, is Angus Young? Angus. This would be a great game. Looks least like a footballer 11. This would be an outstanding game. Yeah. Mm. That's better. <laughs> we, we, than we, more, into that. we should do that one week. That'd be pretty That's good. more politically correct than the ugly 11, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks, I've always said he looks like a Dickensian character. He should be on the streets of London, you know. With some some terrible you know rags begging for money, eating a you know a yeah. stale piece of bread with a weevil. Ready to break into song. <laughs> yeah. Consider yeah. yourself, yourself at home. <laughs> Consider yourself part of the family. Who's the who's the orphan? Uh, was Oliver, Oliver Twist? Please, please, uh, I'd like some more. Yeah, um, he got okay. some more, didn't he? He got some more. He got three of them. In fact, Jesus, what a performance! <laughs> Modric or Benzema? I thought we were talking about Modric. No, we are. We are. But I mean, he got three goals. His team, he's a <laughs> yeah. collective. Got it. Okay. Okay. Right? Don't ruin the joke twice now. He, he looks like an animal off the Muppets. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. It's, it's chemistry. I've been away from you for too long. I know. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You, you replaced me with an ex pro and teammate of 
Forest with stories that I'll never match, and now I'm just trying to play catch up, and my head's all over the place. By the way, Jimmy Jimmy will return as well. He's I think he's still on vacation, isn't he? Yeah, I think he left on a Wednesday, and he's returning like that Wednesday night. He'll get back at three in the morning wearing his uh, Bahama shorts that were too small with his gut hanging out, and then he'll yeah. text us at four in the morning going, "I'm back, boys. Here's I can't my sleep. I'm all yeah. sunburned. <laughs> Here's some <laughs> stories." About I really hope someone, I really hope someone put a fifty sunblock on at all. I tell you that much. I really hope someone put a green dildo in his bag of security. I really hope that <laughs> well, happened. It, it is with his brother, isn't he? And he's got every chance that they're nuts. <laughs> the Britain boys it, nuts. It, oh, and his dad too. It could be his dad or his mum. His mum could do it. We met his mum. We met they his put mom masks on. The last on. Remember they they had masks on at the airport. Yeah, on the plane. Like like. Like luchador masks, almost right. Yeah, you, you beat like, me to it. I was going to say, well, we only got to wear them until March fourteenth, twenty first. Is just trying to get the most out of it. Just trying to. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like really crazy looking masks that they were walking around with. Luchador I didn't think you could mask. do that stuff. I didn't think you could do a luchador mask in an airport. No. <laughs> I didn't think so either. <laughs> um. So, so Messi, Leo Messi, last five Champions Leagues have been pitiful joke choke jobs. Every single one of them. It's it's like really poor. You know, from having big leads with Barcelona to capitulating to, to having leads with PSG and, and capitulating. Uh, it's, it's, it's not good, is it? And, and you look at leadership on that team. And I'm trying to look in that room. Who is the leader? There's some great players. We know that, right? And people would say Messi is a leader. He's captained teams in the past. But if the true leader, Craig, is not a star player, is it hard to be a leader in that room, do you think? Is it hard for someone who's perhaps not a star not that there's many non-stars at PSG, but to stand up in that room and become that leader and say, hey, Leo, hey, hey, Neymar, hey, Killian, get your ass moving here. I think it's difficult. Is that part of the reason, do you I think? I don't think that's I don't think that's their problem. I don't think that's PSG's problem. You think it's a curse? Those guys, those guys have been big game players, big stage players for national team, for club. It's a difficult uh, tournament, difficult to win as well. But at the same time, where was Messi tonight? Like, he, like very rarely. Like, you, you remember when his heyday, you'd, he, would, he would have the ball for 80% of the time at his feet or always looking for it. Take control. Didn't not take control of that, no. Whether that's just he just is not capable or he's feeling at his age. and But it's, uh, it's definitely... You know, or whether he's passing it on to Mbappe, you know, who looked, like you said, great in the first half. That goal was well taken, although the goalkeeper was a little suspect. Think it should have got it near side, near post? It's a tough one. I would say yes, only because of the positioning of the defender. That was the only place I think he could go. Mm -hmm. But if the defender's there and if he's, if he's opening up, that he can put it to the other side, maybe. But it didn't. His body shape and where the defender was, you would hope he would block it if it was going to the other side. So, well, and he, so but he hit it well. Right? He hit it well. He he's he's so it. tricky. We saw like soon after, right? The goal that was disallowed. He did that ridiculous step over. They just the goalkeeper was just Gatois was just like out to lunch. Didn't know what to expect, right? You know. So if that's in his head, this guy can do that. I can maybe see why he maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's, he's thinking, player, he, what can you he, say? the way exactly the way he hit it, he hit it really hard, and the way he shaped up on it, almost like he could either strike it or take the ball onto his left foot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, it's uh, he's he's got he disguises everything really well. You're right. If there's ever any doubt, be about Mbappe leaving or Poch leaving. I mean, surely that is now is done, right? They're, they're both leaving. Maybe Poch will leave before the end of the season. Do you think that's possible now? I think it's very possible that Poch doesn't see out the season there. I mean, I think we all thought that he was, you know, a questionable fit there to begin with, matched because he was the high-profile, high-price name that, you know, PSG wanted to attract, but didn't quite seem like, you know, he fit in with the uh, star group that he had. And there was all those questions at the beginning when Messi arrived about his tactics. And, I mean, look at him today against Carlo Ancelotti. Ancelotti made moves at halftime that he needed to make, and he outmanaged Pochettino. I think if you want to... Look at tactically, if you're a Manchester United fan, do you look at this match and losing this tie and think, hmm, maybe we don't want Poch. Maybe Poch isn't the world-class manager that we all thought a real good one. 
but you know, not at that, not at that level. Mind you, a few uh, clubs before uh, have said that about Ancelotti recently too. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it went to Everton perfect because other clubs weren't in on him, right? Uh, he yeah. got it right, and I mean, he's, he's obviously got the pieces. And when you you've got someone like Benzema, yeah. who is just hell bent on you know taking over and controlling a game, and you know has the pieces to provide like a Modric and Vinicius Junior was very good as well. Um, I think mm-hmm. you know laid it off and has increasingly become less and less selfish, which was a big point of contention that Benzema had with him last season. And the two of them are such a dynamic duo. Um, you know, Real Madrid seeing them off now, who would bet against Real Madrid being in the final? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like Craig too. I don't know what you'd be, but I actually was was feeling a little sorry for Real Madrid. I was then rooting for Real Madrid, Me and too. now I've got to go for a shower after this, <laughs> and and then sit there in a fetal position. Hey, do you guys Wimpering. know what is the reason why the stands are covered on the lower section, the all the way around the sort of two thirds at the Bernabeu? I don't know that as well. I thought initially it was because they had a COVID capacity. But they've got everyone crammed in beyond those curtains, so I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, no idea. They, no they're idea. not the only stadium to do it. A few other stadiums in in Spain have done it, but yeah, Real Madrid today. They worried about the player breathing in all the air. No, I think they had the they had one of those uh, Thai sex shows with the bananas that they had to clear that front row and ping pong balls. That's ping pong balls, yeah. That's. Yeah. Ping pong balls, yeah, yeah. Have you been to Thailand? I've, I've, I've been to one of those shows before. Been twice. Yeah. It's disgusting. Okay. It is disgusting. Yeah, yeah. it's not I, nearly as cool as that. It also happened in the Netherlands too, in Holland. Oh, you yeah, haven't been there yet. Yeah, yeah. must go. I, you I don't know why I keep finding myself show? in sex shows. And it's back, but we got to back up a bit. Charms, you actually went to a show in Thailand, one of these in Bangkok, yeah, yeah. How with, far, how, this is stupid. I'm with with a girlfriend. Well, I mean, which I guess yeah, is nasty, gotta, I guess at it, the time. Everybody, you got to see whether it's true or not. It is true, but everything you hear about those shows is true. And then you get there and you realize, you know what? I'm not comfortable here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, all these old English and old German guys sitting yeah. there with these young, young, young Thai girls watching this stuff. And you think, are Thai this boys is just wrong? Or Thai boys? Well, right? yeah, it could be the girly boys or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's awkward, awkward place. Place. I love Bangkok. I love yeah. it. It's one of my favorite cities. But that particular scene, everyone jokes about it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a crude. I don't know. I, I, well, I, are they there? I mean, it's one thing going to a sex show because, you know, you might be turned on by that. But are people going there to be turned on by that? Or are they going there for entertainment? Yeah. The spectacle. It's like, like just to watch <laughs> yeah, it. for the experience, I think. I wasn't going in there hoping to get turned on. I no. went in there to see what it's all about, right? So how far do the ping pong balls go? It depends on the girl. Yeah. Right? Three or four I mean, you got, out there. You got BB guns, you got AK-47s, right? Hey, think about it. Do the math. Wow. I wonder where they practice this thing, whether they know they're good at it. like you know. First time, I wonder. Yeah. But they're accurate, I'll tell you that much. They have a reserve <laughs> team. Like they have a reserve team and they they, they, they draft them younger. At around 13, 14. Accurate. Oh. Yeah, because they, they sh- in the cups. Yeah. How far? Oh, it's well, 20 years ago now, but um, like across the state, well, well, probably six to eight feet, I guess, maybe. I'm gonna, if, if I remember, I could be wrong. No, so you're right. Away. They're yeah, playing those, those solo cups. Yeah. It's like beer pong almost. Yeah. With their, with their hoo hahs. <laughs> with their yeah. hoo hahs. Wow, that is got, something else. It is something thing. else, and, and that's why it's one of those things. When you're there, you go just to check it out. Like, are the mm. stories true? And yes, they're true. Um, but so is the other side of it. And that's were you drunk yeah. too? Were you drunk? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, I was drunk also, and I was mm. like, so it was very surreal because you're like, is yeah. this really happening? I mean, I'm eight beers in, going, this is the creepiest thing. Well, you know, do you remember one that you're walking down? I forget what it's, what it's called, the area in, in Bangkok now, but you're walking Pat down Pong. the street, Pat Pong, Pat Pong, yeah. Yeah. and you're walking down there, and there's all these bars. Like, it's, it's like Amsterdam, right? I guess. It's, it's everywhere, you know, Temple Bar, 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 and all these people outside trying to lure you in with these, these pictures. It's like a menu. It's like a menu with all the girls and what they're going to do. Come on in, you know, ping pongs, you know, light a cigarette, smoke a cigarette, all this, these things, and like, oh, well, 
Oh, number 13 looks interesting. Let's, let's go and see that. Is that in the menu right now? Are they all the same price? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the appetizer's cheaper than the main course. <laughs> I guess it depends on the skill. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's like a dim sum menu. It's like a dim sum menu. You just do like if you can smoke a cigarette. Oh, yeah. That's, that's got to be worth five bucks. <laughs> Five Canadian dollars or the equivalent of what five hundred bucks would buy you? No, US US. Yeah, they take US backs. Yeah, Yeah, it was bot though. I remember using a lot of bot. Yep. What a place. I love Thailand. I would go back there and I I will go back there again. I just loved it. The knockoff converse bought about four pairs of so much I had everything was fake on me. I was there for like uh, um a month. Yeah, yeah, Thailand for a month. Mm. Yeah, everything I was wearing was fake. Here it is. From Oakley's to my Nike's to my Rorex. <laughs> you never wore sleeves. You just wore, everyone just wears tank tops over there. Yeah. Because it's so it's bloody, bloody hot. hot. How, how did we get onto this topic? It's Wonga, wasn't it? It was, well. We were talking we about. talking about the rubber protection around the stands. <laughs> Naturally. Yes. And it reminded me of the ping pong balls and the bananas. <laughs> And that's that's why you're the you're our A list producer, buddy. That's that's right. it. I gotta get you guys talking about other things sometimes. If people ever think that you know we plan these podcasts out, we try to, but these things I can guarantee you are not planned out. <laughs> Thirty five minutes. We've only got to one thing on your rundown in the text. <laughs> I know. Well, let's get to the rest of the Champions League action briefly. Uh, Inter Milan beat Liverpool one nil, but the Reds progressed. And post match, Jurgen Klopp um, had had an interesting quote: uh, "The art of football is." To lose the right games, he Ooh. says, Craig. Do you, do you get that? Um, this is yeah. the first loss in seven in the Champions League. The first loss at home. In, but it didn't, so. it, they didn't lose. Right. They lost, they lost the game. They didn't lose. They, the, what they played was a two-game tie. Right. You don't think that that's, counts as a loss? I think, I think, well, that's what he means by, I think, as well, is by saying the art of football is losing the right ones. Well, they managed that game at times. I mean, they hit the post, post and crossbar. Three times. times. Salah was twice, yeah. Three times. Good header off the bar. And I thought they managed the game to a point where they didn't need to chase the goal. Right. And well, the red card helped too, right? Yeah. I mean, that really killed the, like, took the wind out of Inter's sails, right? Latara Martinez. Inter had a couple of chances as well. Martinez had just put it over the bar, I think, and um, it looked like they were pressing, and then Liverpool went the other way. Salah hit the bar, and then when Martinez got that goal, I thought, oh, here it is. And, what, it wasn't two minutes went by? And Alexis... Was, was uh, it a great goal? Or, or Because Michael Owen says there's no way a player would do that on purpose and hit it that way, kind of mishit the ball and pick the top corner. There's no way to do that. No, he's correct. <laughs> I'm glad he said that because I've been hearing all these people deifying that brilliant world-class goal and hearing Owen and now you, Craig. I'd like to hear that. That's good. Yeah, no, you, you can see when he was reaching for it too, he, he just trying to get something on it. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't try to a- attempt something like that. No, it was just mishit. All right, good, good. So it's about you're going to lose some games, right? And it's losing the right games. Don't lose against your arch enemy in a six-pointer with... A month left in the season, <clears throat> Liverpool, Man City, yeah. for example. How long has he been holding that quote in the bag, though? Because if that's you know one that he thought of early at Liverpool or when he was at Dortmund, you know there was quite a few big games that he was losing. He was just waiting to get to a point where <laughs> could be when I win the yeah. Champions League and the Premier League and one of these <laughs> league cups. Well, it stood I'll... out. It stood out to me, B, and you know me and my right. uh, how much I know about footy. And I went, guys, we could actually talk about this because it's such a strong quote. It's a good quote. Not as strong as I thought it would be, though. I thought it would be a stronger quote with the conversation, but now Craig's explaining it to me. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I got think layers, that... like onions, like Shrek. It's got layers. You said something, though, about like losing it does that. Have layers. In these, in these two-legged ties, you never remember which leg was lost unless it's epic unless it's like a six you know a six nil reversal of like barca liverpool um did the, and barca did that to psg like those are the only ones that you truly remember mm-hmm. both legs mm-hmm. yeah you know, it means nothing losing at home yeah. that they got through the tie 
Yeah. No, no one's saying that about Real Madrid losing in Paris last week. <laughs> exactly. So, so I guess t- teams do look at a two-legged match. They look at that differently as, as a, than a one-off, for example. Very differently. You do the hard work in the first leg like Liverpool did, then you approach the second leg very differently. And if you told them before the match you lose 1-0, they'd probably have taken it. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. Sure. If guaranteed 1-0 loss, yeah. For sure. The owners would. Yeah. But I think, you know, think of Klopp like that really applies to if they get bounced in the FA Cup in the fifth round, but then they go and beat City on the Sunday after. Then would you not say that quote applies then too? That's interesting. Yeah. Because you've rested players. Sure. It's disappointing that you, you know, knocked out of a League Cup run, but really the Premier League is the focus. And the Premier League is the goal. So good on Middlesbrough or whoever it was that, you know, knocked you out midweek. Yeah, because, you know, you rested Mo Salah, you rested Sadio Mane, and they were fresh for that big game. But just for the record, um, they haven't, didn't lose that game because they won the Carabao Cup and they're on course for the quadruple. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, Bayern Munich. And you're not going to remember the 1-0 loss against Inter, are you? No, I'm not. I'm going to remember the 4-0 loss to Man City next month. Yeah, you will. <laughs> or or maybe, maybe they play City in the quarterfinals as well. Think about that. It's possible. Where's the draw? I don't know when the draw is. Well, the next um, round of games will be next week, right? And then it, might, it could be next Friday then, yeah? Probably. Then it'd be the Thursday or the Friday after that, yeah. There, yeah. Was, uh, there was Europa League games on Wednesday, which was hugely confusing. Mm-hmm. S- Steven Estacchio's, uh Porto knocked out um, on Wednesday. Did he play? He didn't feature. No. How's he doing, by the way? I haven't been following him too much. Uh well I've been on holiday so I haven't been following too much either he's not uh he's not started from what I last saw right my my build up to the uh, the qualifier starts in earnest um tomorrow so I'll start doing that kind of kind of stuff because pretty big games coming up very shortly actually which is quite surprising um Bayern Munich beat Salzburg seven one bit unfair for Salzburg given how they performed in that first leg. And I think there's there's one team in the world when you see they score seven goals and you're not surprised. I think it's Bayern Munich, isn't it? More than more than City, more than you know, you name any other great club. Something Bayern do this a lot to teams. Yeah, and if you're going to think in the Champions League, if you're going to pick a team, it would probably be Salzburg, the team that got it. Yeah, I think you're right. Lewandowski three goals in eleven minutes, Craig. Uh no. That's yeah. not right. It was yeah, 23 it minutes. No, by the 23rd minute. In 11 oh, minutes. By the 23rd minute. Oh, my apologies. You know how I know right. that? Because I wrote the exact same thing down as you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, actually, let me look at that. Yeah, no, I thought, because Benzema did it in 17 minutes of play. And I had thought, I had seen that cause he, he bested Lewandowski. Who had been pretty quiet recently, Lewandowski. Hadn't been up to his usual prolific numbers but he's obviously bounced back i was just trying to figure out who was the bigger pedant there you charms or you be making sure that the other guy's right about his stat no no it wasn't wasn't that it wasn't that yeah you're right who cares about that when's fonzie what's going on yeah it looks like he's out he'll be out for the qualifiers i think now there's there's been reports from munich that he'll be back in time for the quarterfinals which is early Mm -hmm. april and what well, if he's not back now? I can't. I can't imagine him being back in time for yeah. the qualifiers. No, but I don't but, care. About, I, I don't imagine. care about the qualifiers for him. I just hope he's. You know, I just it's hope been he's good okay. progress. Good progress in the reports. Yeah, just hope he's he'll be, okay. He'll be fine. But gee, able, able to get back to it. I mean, it's one thing for you. You see these players that have horrendous leg injuries, and when they come back, their upper body strength is incredible. They spent so much time focusing on their upper body to stay active, but when it's your heart, when it's the ticker. As Jimmy Brennan says, what do you do? How, how, how are you able to stay fit? How, how much longer is that pre, you know, preseason to come back? That's got to be like full body rehab to get back into it if you've been off as long as he has. Yeah. That must be super intense. I mean, although, yeah, I, I agree. Because, I mean, even Nagelsmann said he's being lazy and he goes, I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's had to be lazy. Aside from when he's watching Canada games, obviously, and he goes nuts, but he can't do anything. But Craig, I mean, he is one of those freak athletes. You've got athletes, right? Then you've got the freak athletes like Fonzie, who, who's naturally fit, has naturally, I'm assuming, great cardio. Still, you know, it's not match fit. H- how long would it take him 
how many sessions would it take? I mean, or how many games do you think it would take a Fonzie to get back up to, to full match fitness by his mm-hmm. standards? <clears throat> well, 80% Fonzie would be pretty good. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. But and we had 80% Fonzie in the team. And it all depends on how, if they let him, they let him obviously be lazy, do nothing for several weeks. Um, but then after that, I'm not sure how they handled him. Did they have him tick over just enough, you know, to keep his heart? I don't know. Just nothing too strenuous, nothing anaerobic, but just steady walking, jogging at some level. But no, it would take a few weeks and three or four games, man, oh man, at least to get back to being able to make runs like he did at Azteca in the 80th, in the 92nd minute, 80 yards. I don't think he'll be able to do that. No. Well, you never know, though. He is absolute freak of nature. He won't be in the squad then for this last round of games. Right? Costa Rica, home to Jamaica, away to Panama to wrap things up. But he's going to be with the team. You got to believe. You think so? Well, I mean, like, why? Just from how important he is to the team and the room. If he's if he's able to to be training, don't don't Bayern, you think that I don't he's going to want to be Munich. there? Bayern Munich. If he's not playing with Bayern Munich's first team. He is not going to be at any training sessions gallivanting around Central America and Canada on the bench. As much as I would like to think that that's possible, uh, if he's not in Byron's in full fitness, I, no, not a chance. Would you? Would you? I mean, if it was put in your position, like, would you? He's not ready to go. You're, he's on. We're trying to get him into rehab. I mean, are you going to give that to the Canadian team to keep him doing that? No. Yeah. He's your, he's your bread and butter. Yeah, no, I understand that. I just think that, you know, obviously he's a player. He is the face of his national team program. And this is a massive player in Munich don't give a shit about that. I understand that. But I do think there's got to be some type of player personnel management. Don't you think that's, I mean, yeah. do they run, well, do I, they I don't run the risk of, of pissing him off if he, if he misses but the you celebration? Won't piss him off. I mean, he wants to be there, but he understands, I'm sure of it, you know. And, yeah, and like if they he'll say, be around. Fonji, you're, you're getting, we, we want you to be ready for, this particular time, we got big games coming up. You're on a program. We're working with you every single day. We don't need you jet lagged or, you know, whatever reasons, uh, not keeping up with the, the programs that we have here while you're, you're traveling. No. And quite frankly, I wonder from, from Herman's perspective, you want players that are going to be playing in that environment as well. You don't want a distraction, I don't think. Well, I don't think it's much as a distraction. As long as he wouldn't be a distraction, would be if he showed up, they would love to have him there. Of course, of course. You think so? Yeah, but, yeah. I, I know yeah. he's a big part. I know he's a big part of the leadership, big part of the room. I, I get all that. Everyone loves him there. But if he's just just yeah. furniture, just hanging around, kind of, what's the point? They they showed last window, the toughest window. They won three mm-hmm. games without him, and he was he was you know three thousand miles away. I just think I that this this is such a culmination, right? You you look at how much you know. It's not the same. But the women winning gold, how much it meant to every female player that played before in that team, whether they were on the bronze medal teams or not, how much it meant as like a, a culmination in a building. He's the face of this unit now. He will be the face of the Canadian men's national team in Qatar. I just think that whole room would really want him to be there. And I, I feel like we've seen how much this team means to him. That I don't think he would take kindly to not being able to be there. I'm not saying that he would throw a fit or... Cause a real problem, but I, I don't think that's going to sit well with the watching it is on Twitch again. That, that's not going to sit well. It's with his, it. his first, his first qualifying cycle, right? Right. He hasn't got any any ghosts of the past and mm-hmm. failures. This is he expects to qualify for tournaments because he's Alfonso Davis. He's a Champions League winner, a Bundesliga winner. To him, it's like, yeah, I'm going to damn well qualify. Of course, I am. I don't care if I'm there or not. I'm going to be there in Qatar in the middle of November. That's when it matters. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I really don't think he, oh man, my God, my country, we're going to qualify. I have to be in there for that occasion. I don't think, I don't think that's how he works. I really think it's like, no, of course I'm going to qualify. I could see if, the, if Byron Muir are going to do anything with them, they would say, okay, so say they clinch in Costa Rica um, and it's done. The celebration is going to be the home game against Jamaica. Let them fly in for that. Mm-hmm. Fly back. Mm-hmm. Walk them out before the game. Oh, that, I could, that, that's fair. And I think Bayern Munich would, would, would he could get them to do that. 
I just find it very interesting that Brendan Dunlop just lobbied Craig Forrest into this position on this argument. Well, I never really thought about what you're, I never thought about what you're getting at. You're specifically about him being there when they when they qualify. Yeah, yeah, and just the the, the celebration of it. You know, I, I think yeah. that the, that Jamaica game, whether that's the game that they clinch, or as we all suspect that you know they could clinch it uh, late at night on a Thursday in Costa Rica. That's yeah. going to be such a celebration that that is that is truly beyond this, these fourteen games of this oct, you know. And I, and I just think that uh, for someone who's mm-hmm. such an integral part of the fabric of that change room, not being a part of that, I can't imagine that sitting well with him. Do you do you think? I mean, listen, I, none of us here are heart experts, right? But when you fly, it puts a little bit of pressure on the heart, a little bit of duress, right? You get thrombosis, you know, of the veins and that, right? I'm assuming the heart's involved in that somehow. Even if he's almost match fit again, would they would they risk it until he's got signed off by a doctor? And maybe he is signed off by that. I don't know. I hope you're right, B. I, I would love to see him out there on at BMO Field. That'd be incredible. What a what a you know, you can just imagine, you know, him being shown on the on the on the screen. Yeah. And twenty five thousand be great. I just I don't think it's gonna happen. But we won't know until the game day on that that weekend, right? And that's how we know you're still British because they should make it always... a surprise. Show him on TikTok like he's in Germany, and then <laughs> get the crowd going that he's in Germany, and then have him walk out in a big, <laughs> big puff of smoke. Yeah, Let's walk over to the south end and start banging the drum. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to no, say, no, 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 that's too strenuous. We can't get him. <laughs> no activity. Just come yeah, out yeah. like a wrestling character in a big cloud of smoke. <laughs> Let's set the pyro yeah, off. That's fine. That's fine. We're going yeah. to have the monitor. He's all hooked up to a computer. He's like, Fonji, you're hitting 125 a minute. Slow down. Yeah, maybe that's it. I was going to say, just to finish the point about you being British still, it's like the, the pessimism that like exists. There's only like so much optimism that your system allows, Charms. So this is just like a percentage of pessimism that you've met your quota now. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Well, hey, we haven't done footy picks yet. Uh, <laughs> Before we get the footy picks, um, neither of you answered my question about Poch. Oh, who's not wearing um, headphones, by the way? Because uh, there's a bad echo here. I'm wearing headphones. I get no. I've got no echo at all. I'm wearing headphones. Really weird. Yeah, I thought everyone was okay. Anyway, again, B. I asked if if Mauricio Pochettino, if you're a United fan, are you questioning whether Mauricio Pochettino is the guy? Because I think if you look at it now, we all agree that he Pochettino is going to leave PSG. Why not make the end of the season? And we, a lot of people might suspect that Antonio Conte is not going to make the end of the season or, or finish the summer at Tottenham. So might there be a scenario where Poch is back at Spurs and Conte is at United? Or if you are a United supporter, do you want Poch? I would say, yes, that is possible. I think it's unlikely um, I think what United need now is stability and Conte does not give you stability. And I also believe that with Poch and yeah, you might be concerned if you're, if you're a Spurs, if you're a, a United fan, but he's a different kind of coach and it's a different kind of team, right? So, so United is going to be a young team. It's going to be a young team, younger next year. It needs to get an identity. This is what Poch does. He gets teams with identities apart from PSG because they already had it, you know, bought identities and coaches and makes players better. We saw that at Spurs, what he did over four or five years. And I think going to United, he could do that. He could get a project and, and make, you know, Marcus Rashford, finally Marcus Rashford again. I was going to say Mason Greenwood. I mean, who knows if he's ever going to bloody play again. But there's going to be young players coming through there. Juan Bissaka, who knows, right? He's good with fullbacks. Um, I think it's a, better, it's a different project to PSG entirely. And I think he'd be the right fit for, for United. I agree totally with what you just said. Yes. <laughs> Wonger, you want to take my side, buddy? No. <laughs> you can't judge him on, you can't judge him on one result. Yes, sir. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. On 40 picks. <laughs> Not That's fair. original Dickio, right? That's original Dickio. Because Not we, fair. We thought he was going to show up. Yeah. Well, I, I, I honestly, I thought you were surprising us by bringing him into the room, and that was going to be him. And he just played. I did. I, I got, you got me for a second. I thought he literally oh. just slipped in there. That would have been awesome. 
<laughs> not that good. When he All right, first up, boys. He really blows us off. <laughs> first up, boys. Uh, how how convenient. United are hosting Spurs this weekend. Two point seven five. Who's the favorite in this one, Wonger? Oh shit! Give me two sacks. I don't like it. I don't like that uh, game. I like the over though. Yeah. The favorite. Uh, oh, tell oh. me, uh, B. Uh, Manchester <laughs> U has plus one zero nine. Tottenham two two one. Yeah, so that means United's the United's so, favorites, right? You're to all getting, the betting companies out there, want to sponsor us? <laughs> Ignore the last ten seconds. Place, place your sports book name here. <laughs> Who, uh, who's your favorite? No. Brought to you by. Yeah. Wonger's really like the uh, the Trailer Park Boys in that commercial that always airs on the zone. Like that's yeah. not how we play sports. This is how we play sports. <laughs> oh my god! god. Breakaway from the goalie commercial. Oh my god! What the that? hell? That's Why trailer word. park boys? No, worst the one with the, the curling is quite funny. I like bubbles. He makes me laugh. The curling one is worst worst bubbles. You look like ever. bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are reading glasses. They're not Coke bottle. <laughs> they are worst. shit though. Sharks. The longer you live in Durham region, the more you're starting to look like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to this game. I start you United against Spurs. What you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna go Spurs two, United one. So take the over. Ooh. I don't like to pick a winner on this one because I don't trust it. But I do think the over. So if I was going to bet, that's the way I would go. But I will give you a result. 2-2. Two, two. I can see a draw in this one, actually. Now you mention it. United, I mean, listen, if they didn't come out and put a performance in this weekend, they forget about it. They're officially a broken unit. But I think Spurs are... I know it's kind of crazy to say, but finally getting it under Conte, when he has a week to prepare for a game, they're pretty good. It's when they get too many games back-to-back, they have issues. So I'm going to say Spurs are going to beat the broken-down United 3-1. So going with the over, and Spurs very much as my winner. Uh, West Ham, Aston Villa, Claret and Blue, Claret and Blue. B, your your Villa's playing, well, back to playing really well. Um, It's two, two and a half. I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming West Ham's a favorite. I haven't got the odds yet. I'm assuming West Ham's a favorite. Of course they are. Of course they are. Two twenty plus two twenty to plus one ten. Okay. All right, B. What are you thinking? So it's plus one ten for West Ham. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go one nil. Take the under because I Mm. think that's just gonna be a a bit of a stalemate for quite a while and it'll be a mistake. Uh, One nil for Villa in the Dunlop Forest derby. Craig? 2-1 West Ham. Nice. Keep that top four race alive. Let's Put your so. house on it. Ooh. Ooh, bet your house, people. That's not I'm, how we play sports. I'm going to go for a draw on this one, I think. Is that what you're going to do, it's, Bubbles? Bubbles Sharman? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> but Bubbles could be... Bubbles could be an English character, though, right? Like, there's got to really be. Good. Oh, no, he, look, he he's about as attractive as the average Englishman. <laughs> True. I just, just came back from vacation where half of the resort was the English, and you're accurate. Yeah. We're not handsome people. <laughs> We're just not. So I'm saying draw 1-1. One, one. Don't try, though. Oh. Oh. Are you ready? Yes, sir. It's 40 picks, it's 40 picks, it's 40 picks on 40 Prime. <laughs> ah, that's lovely. Nice one. Back to simpler times. Happier days. When Are we ever going to get... We yeah. are gonna get back in the tent. Yeah, we're gonna get back in the tent soon. When the uh, when we can when I can promise you guys that it's gonna be over zero degrees. Yeah. We have not really had a good Wednesday night to get back in the tent where we can get our our fun on. This Sunday, Deech, any you played any games yet? Who? Deech, is the Sacramento played any games? Oh, first games this weekend. The first yeah. game against uh, the where are they in Division Four, oh. Division Four US. It's the Western Conference of USL, I believe, isn't it? Is that Division Four? 
No, the, it's the, the USL <laughs> Championship. Are you bring a smile. Oh, it's not you. Is that what you do? <laughs> just making things up. I don't even know if he knows there is a Division Four. No, <laughs> I don't. Well, that, you know, if Beach ever joined us, he could explain to us how it works. <laughs> well, you said he saw Frank Yallop, who, who, by the way, we should get on. He's getting uh, inducted into the San Jose Earthquake Hall of Fame. Is he really? He is. What, three people in it? Probably, because there's only a few legends. I've got an idea, fellas, for a guest. For news and such, we push it back to deliver it on Saturday, and uh, you guys get Sid Sixero in into the tent on a Friday night. I'm actually almost Sid tomorrow morning at 6.40 on BT. So so book him in for a Friday night so he can do it, so he he can sleep in on a Saturday. And we can talk soccer with. Well, us. We can do it. Yeah, we we can like we can just book Sid and just do it, and then just drop it a couple of days later, right? It doesn't matter when. No, but right. Wonger wants to hang out with Sid, and he wants to get his I, real take. Oh, on. you mean in the tent? You mean? Yeah, he'd oh, he, he'd have a good time in the tent. He would. If he's he would one of your boys. Okay, I'll I'll mention it to him tomorrow. Right. Maybe we should go to San Jose. Frankie invited me to go to the uh, induction ceremony. Oh yeah, when is it? I think it's like April twenty third, I believe. You Are you down? kidding me? I've got. To, I think I have to be in LA. Uh, your hits a joke is going to be at the comedy store again. Really? Yeah, telling the truth. What's at the comedy store? Uh, your hits a joke. It's the oh. stand-up comedy game show that I I created. Well, I didn't create, but I worked on the TV pilot, and we're talking to lots of people about it. So really nice. Yeah. Man. Well, All right. it. Craig, are you going down there for that? Um, well, you only just asked. I haven't really thought about it. They, they, they played for, uh, the Deitch's team, Sacramento Republic on, uh, well, Frankie's Monterey team. Right. Uh, April 2nd. Oh, wow. Oh, and, and, okay. Well, we should do something around that because we should definitely get Fran back on for sure for that. He, he yeah. was a great guest. It's a bit of Christ, guys. It's probably a year and a half ago he was on. Yeah. It was before me, guys. Yeah. Yeah, should bring some of those guests back then uh, and do, you know, the full Tuesday interview with them. Rongan, Yallop. Yeah, exactly. We should do. Well, you know, we should probably leave these conversations for the meetings, not the actual podcast. <laughs> yeah, but our, meetings, listeners, but... our listeners are part of the fabric. They are. They are the, part of the fabric. And so we Perry know, and Doug Simonite and all the Well, class. all joking aside, as things are opening up now, we will. I mean, we keep said it before, but then COVID happened. But we, we are doing events and uh, hit some pubs up. And, uh, you know, if you're in the Toronto vicinity or Pickering vicinity, because we're doing it out here, right? Jump oh, um, on down. <laughs> no? What? Is this another thing that happened while I was away? You guys have all these, like, foundational plannings when I'm not around. We do. We're going to Pickering to go to Buffalo Wild Wings to... Yeah, buys or whatever. Yeah. We're going out to the Montanas. All you can eat. <laughs> Actually, there's a Montana's quite near me. I think. Of course, there, there is. is. Yeah, there's also a Boston Pizza. There's, there's lots of independent. Oh yeah, because there's none of those in Toronto, is there? Jesus Christ, you're so small-minded. Of course, there is. Okay, yeah, I'm paying two eleven a liter for gas. You think I'm going to drive out there to Oshawa to to do a? Well, if you don't, if you wouldn't drive an Alfa Romeo, it'd be cheaper, wouldn't it? Hey, and if Sharmers lived in England, in Ipswich today would be uh, the equivalent of three dollars and two cents a liter in Ipswich, England. Ooh. Wow! Yeah, and that's uh, that's for regular. If you want diesel, it's about uh, three forty-two. Wow! A liter. See the English, eh? Ugly, and they pay through their asses for gas. <laughs> Jesus! I didn't know where you were to go with that, but it no. scared me a little bit. Sounds said. about right. Given the other directions this show's gone to. Okay. All right, my, mean, my glass is empty. I need to get going. I go with a glass, you mean? Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, make sure you follow us and, and like us. And Why does B always freaking smirk when I say these things? I'm not. I'm, you're smirking. Oh, but no, I wasn't smirking at you. Put it's it like, hey, he's trying stuff. to sound hip and cool like a youngster. No, I was not at all. No. no I, I just, I just wait for all the English people to come at you and say... How, no, how good looking. Well, luckily, luckily, the English also have great senses of humor. So. Just sign oh, off, Bubbles. Just sign <laughs> off. Okay, see you later. <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.